Yeah, I mean, and that really gets to the heart of the, the part of our mission about building a legacy of stewardship and that we, the, the hope really is that by educating folks through all of our volunteer projects that we can get to the root of these issues. Um, and so we might not be able to stop the trash from washing ashore from other countries. We can certainly have control over the litter that's being placed here by our, uh, our own residents here in Oregon. From the studios of Kink Radio, it's the Portland 50, a podcast series about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The Portland 50 series is brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. I'm your host, Peggy LaPointe. Today, I talk with Maureen Fisher and Quentin Bauer from Solve. Maureen is the chief executive officer and Quentin is the program director at the nonprofit. Solve's mission is to bring Oregonians together to improve our environment and build a legacy of stewardship. Solve celebrates their 50th anniversary next year. Volunteers. Our organization was founded by Governor Tom McCall in 1969 and was kind of sandwiched between the beach bill and the bottle bill, but uh, the fact that the Oregon beaches are open to the public is kind of where it started, I guess, because people um, had the opportunity to to go anywhere along that 362 miles that they wanted to go. Yeah. And uh, we had a former executive director, Jack McGowan, who was originally at KGW Television, I was at KGW Television. We were in the same building as Kink Radio mm-hmm. and KGW Radio, owned by King Broadcasting. Jack was a very well-known local guy. He was on PM Magazine. He went over to Solve, and Kink and the both KGW Radio and Television really supported him. And, you know, we were founded in 69, but, but they did this legacy walk. Uh, the the Jack and Jan and then their son walked the whole entire coast and really created a lot of exposure for Solve and what we do. Yeah. And I'm going to let Quentin talk a little bit about what we do, but um, I think on a day-to-day basis, the fact that Solve has survived 50 years in a nonprofit environment with the economy going up and down, the thing that has stayed consistent is that Oregonians love Oregon. Yeah. And there's an ownership mentality that comes with coming out and, you know, cleaning up after yourselves, but also after other people who don't or people who are visiting the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just know I'm really proud of it. I have family all over the country. And they say things like, well, why isn't there a solve Montana or a solve Connecticut? Um, and what we do is very, very cool. And it's great that kink radio was sort of the the beginning of solve it yeah and we talked about that before the microphones came on yeah. i started part-time in 1990 and i remember being on a couple of solve it crews and it was nearly everybody from the radio station out picking up garbage we were one time in north portland another time in this ravine out in the middle of nowhere pulling up tires and you know it was a great experience for me just out of college, you know, joining this, you know, crew of radio professionals and doing something as neat as cleaning up 
Yeah, and it, it's funny that Kink is celebrating their 50th, Solve will celebrate mm-hmm. our 50th next year. And the fact that we kind of grew up together yeah. um, is really a very cool thing. I, I, Like I said, I worked in the building when Solve It started and Jack went over to Solve. And Kink got behind Solve so incredibly strong, as did KGW Television yeah. and Radio. We were all owned by the same Bullet family um, under the King Broadcasting umbrella. But just that exposure and that partnership of doing the right thing in our state. And Kink was a huge powerhouse mm-hmm. and Solve became very much a legacy. Exactly. I think Solve really gets to the kind of spirit of Oregon and yeah. what Oregonians are all about. And we live here because it's a beautiful place and the people who live here really appreciate and understand the importance of taking care of this place that we're so lucky to get to live in. Um, and Solve really provides an opportunity for people to easily give back and appreciate this state by going out and, and cleaning up and picking up trash, removing weeds, taking care of parks, neighborhoods, natural areas, waterways. Um, and it provides that opportunity both to kind of enjoy it, get out there, go for a hike while giving back um, and cleaning up Oregon. So each year we involve over 30,000 people that come out and volunteer. We remove um, over 500,000 pounds of trash um, each year. Um, a big chunk of our volunteers are youth, so we really want to, you know, Maureen and I don't want to be picking up trash forever. We, we don't want our kids to have to be, um, you know, picking up trash and cleaning up the natural areas. So we want to educate the, the youth and the next generations about the harm that it can cause by spreading weeds and, and littering um, this beautiful state. And so we really want to um, take that spirit and that, um, the beliefs that we have as Oregonians to, to take care of the state and uh, instill that in the next generation. Um, And we really, we provide a model for people to see a problem in their community, see an issue, and step up and get others involved um, and lead a project to make a difference. And it's not just the Portland area. Solve is throughout the state, and and it's not just the coast. Solve is working Mm -hmm. in communities around the state to clean up and to educate. Mm -hmm. Yep, so we work from Astoria to Burns to Brookings to Medford, got a great great project going um, in the uh, Rogue Valley where we have a cleanup that goes all the way from Medford to Ashland, um, cleaning up miles and miles of a, a greenway there called the Bear Creek, Bear Creek Greenway. Mm-hmm. And just for Earth Day, they had over 100 volunteers, um, I think removed close to 5,000 pounds of trash from that greenway. So we really want to support people all around the state. And we don't come up with the projects. We allow yeah. people to come to us and Um, identify needs in their community. So it might be a cemetery in Nyssa that needs cleaned up or a greenway in Pendleton. um, And we're here to help them wherever they are um, because all of Oregon is beautiful and needs protection. And so we're there to help them. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is really cool about Solve is, you know, I mentioned 30,000 volunteers and so did Quinton, but each year we do somewhere between 900 and 1,000 projects Mm -hmm. across the state which is pretty phenomenal because the Solve staff itself is 12 people. Right. Um, so it, it's about the, the communities who want to really engage. And we are kind of the catalyst for them. Um, we supply all kinds of, you know, the tools that they need, the bags and the gloves and the litter grabbers and that kind of thing. We have our big programs that we run and we lead. But a lot of them, as Quinton said, are really grassroots. Um, and it's it's wonderful to see that statewide feeling. There was something on your website that I noticed. It's called a volunteer action training. 
where um, somebody can come in, they can learn volunteer leadership and community project management skills. Now, there's a fee for it. However, it's free if someone agrees to go ahead and coordinate a solved project in their community, which, number one, is great because they're working in their community to uh, clean up an area. But also, I'm thinking as a college student, as someone who maybe got laid off or out of work, or even someone wanting to expand their their skill set. I mean, what a great opportunity to, to go ahead and uh, get that kind of training and lead a cleanup in their community. How, how did that develop? Yeah, I think just over time with our programs, we realized that there were a lot of people that wanted to step up and do something in their community, but maybe they didn't have or didn't have or didn't feel like they had the skills and knowledge to do that. And what we found is even just a one day, six hour training can really provide both the, the framework of knowledge and skills to lead a successful volunteer project, but also just getting in a group of like-minded people, mm-hmm. talking through what are some potential projects really catalyzes people and gets people excited about making a difference in the community. So through that volunteer action training, all sorts of great projects have come. There's um, the, at Mount Tabor Park, there's the Weed Warriors that go out every last Saturday of the month. Um, and one of their members came through our early on in their existence, came through our volunteer action training, and that really inspired her to to start these monthly projects that has made a huge difference at yeah. Mount Tabor and getting r- rid of the invasive weeds that have taken over that park. And so that training um, is really a great resource for the people of Oregon mm-hmm. that they can come um, and learn from from solve staff and from other volunteer leaders on how they can step up and make a difference. And we have about, each year there's usually about 400 volunteer leaders throughout Oregon um, that we support in projects. And these are people that just take time out of their Saturdays Mm -hmm. to take care of a special place in their community. So one one great example is a guy named Steve who just backs up to this beautiful park, Burnside Park in West Lynn. His house is right there and he just noticed that the English ivy had taken over the whole this whole park and there's a blue heron rookery where all these nests are at the top and the ivy is just slowly growing um, ready to kind of take over that um, natural area and destroy this where these birds live. Um, and he has over the last, over more than a decade, Every third Saturday of the month, he's out there greeting, you know, maybe it's five people, maybe it's 50 people, sometimes 100 people that come out and have helped him remove all the ivy from all the trees. um, And now they're just slowly getting at all the ground ivy. Um, And really, it takes that kind of a commitment to get to some of these environmental problems facing our state. Um, But going to that project, you'll see the passion that Steve has for that natural area, as well as there's people that maybe they're doing community service for school or Mm -hmm. maybe... Um, even court-ordered required community service, and they would never know that this beautiful natural area with blue herons and turkey vultures and all sorts of animals um, are right in their community, and they get out and experience that while giving back. And that's really, I think, gets to the heart of what SOLVE is, not only giving back, but um, enjoying what Oregon has to offer and discovering new areas. Um, So you mentioned going out to those, you know, that SOLVE IT project in North Portland or that that rural area that maybe you would never have gone to, but the, the volunteer experience gets you out there, um, and now you have a new place that you can go and explore with your family. Yeah, it connects you to nature, certainly. Mm-hmm. The training piece, I think, is really, really important. I'm astounded that we have 400 volunteer leaders. But since I've been at Solve, I've learned a lot about the environment, what you know, what some of the, the things that you don't even think about. I, I grew up in Montana, mm-hmm. and I liked Morning Glory. Um, well, I didn't realize that Morning Glory was really – damaging. I didn't realize that ivy growing up a tree that might look so pretty is actually killing the tree. 
I didn't realize what all of the little microplastics that you find along waterways and not just the beach, but, you know, all over the place as, as plastics start to break down, that they're really, really harmful. And, you know, when you see pictures or you, you find wildlife that, you know, their stomach is half filled with plastics and garbage, until you've sort of lived that and and learned that through the training that Quinton and his team offer, um, you don't think about it. Right. But once you start thinking about it, you don't stop thinking about it. No, you see um, it once and it stays yeah. with you. One of the other cool things, I think, um, is the fact that one of the biggest things that we pick up or the most of are cigarette butts. And now, I think Quinton and his team found this this organization in Connecticut um, where we send them all the cigarette butts, and they are 100% recycled. I've heard about that place. That's a cool thing. That's a very cool thing. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask you, you know, particularly on the beach, I would imagine the things that you find in different areas or the things that the volunteers find in different areas are different cigarette butts, though, being something that's found all over. The two m- big things when... when uh, when you hear solve in the news, and I think when a lot of people think about solve are the beach cleanups, the spring and fall. What are some of the things that are found? Out? <laughs> and I can see the ex- yeah, yeah. I, some of the most bizarre things I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I'll let Quentin go into more detail, but some of the things that are fascinating to me are things that come over from the tsunami. Yeah. Um, but we have we've found little tiny things and really huge things. I know we found a bathtub one time. Was that on a <laughs> river or was that? I think that's on the, the coast, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you find very, it really kind of depends on the time of year. There's things that storms bring in. Mm-hmm. There are things that come from the, the Pacific garbage patches that just slowly circulate. And, um, you know, the thing with plastic is it never goes away. It just gets smaller and smaller. So Maureen mentioned the, the microplastics, these little pieces of plastics. That's going to be the most common thing, obviously, that we find. Uh, but, yeah, the, every once in a while you find a large object like a boat that's washed, you know, for, all the way from Japan. Uh, a lot of it's just things people leave behind from picnicking, toys. Mm-hmm. Um, the We do 5th of July cleanup. So uh, if you ever want to see something interesting, go to Seaside on the 5th of July around 7 a.m. on the beach after, you know, we've had thousands of people and crowds enjoying um, Seaside for the 4th of July there. They leave behind all sorts of trash. But Solve brings out in partnership with the Beachside Buccaneers group in Seaside, a great group of volunteers there. Usually around 100 volunteers come wow. out meet up around 8, 8.30 a.m., spread out with solve bags. Um, and then within an hour or an hour and a half, that beach is spotless and you'd think nothing um, ever happened. Um, so it really depends on the time of year, like what you find. So around the 4th of July, you find lots of fireworks and things that have been left behind by picnics. And then in the winter, you're finding more things that have washed ashore, bottles, bags, find a lot of diapers that people don't want to seem to take off the beach. Um, Apparently, people still need to learn. They're, they're good about picking up their dogs' waste into bags, but then leave behind the, the bags on the beach. So we find a lot of that. Um, but cigarette butts are the number one item uh, with bottle, bottle caps being the second, close second. We found a medicine bottle um, that was from Japan, I guess. And some things that we find that, that have Japanese labeling on them. And you think, wow, you know, that, that came all the way across the ocean. Um, unfortunately, there's a big gyre, um, yeah. that garbage patch, and I think, well, it doesn't all stay there. It washes up all along the coast, and uh, Solve is part of the International Coastal Cleanup. So we work with a lot of other states to do yeah. this. 
But one of the coolest things, I think, is that we really started the beach cleanups. I was about to say that, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really proud of that. There were two women in, do you remember? Yes, I do. Oh. One of them is Judy Hansen. <laughs> And the other, Eleanor Dye, they started the first Oregon Beach Cleanup in 1984. And they were with two different organizations. And I can't remember which, what, or the, their long names, but one, one is a state organization and I can't remember the other one. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it has grown from those two ladies yeah. who we honored at, at one of our functions a couple of years ago to, you know, on the Spring Beach Cleanup day, we have probably 5,000 plus people out. And then on the beach and riverside cleanup day, which we really are known for beach cleanups, but we do so much Mm -hmm. more than beach cleanups. And the September event, we have anywhere from seven to eight thousand and and sometimes higher than that. So, you know, you think about that progression. These two women after, you know, Governor Tom McCall said, hey, the beach is public. These two women said, well, we're just going to make sure that our portion is clean. We're going to get out there with our bucket or our bag. And it has just exponentially grown and grown and grown. So yeah, it's great. amazing what two people can yep. do yep. and get something rolling. You're listening to King's Portland 50 series. I'll continue my conversation with Maureen Fisher and Quentin Bauer in a moment. But I wanted to thank our sponsor. The Portland 50 series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. Now back to my conversation with Maureen Fisher and Quinton Bauer from Solve. Maureen is the chief executive officer and Quinton is the program director at the nonprofit. Solve's mission is to bring Oregonians together to improve our environment and build a legacy of stewardship. Solve celebrates their 50th anniversary next year. Quentin, you mentioned earlier, I mean, Solve started off as Stop Oregon Litter and Vandalism. So it was very much focused on that. Mm-hmm. But you alluded to the educational efforts, the removal of invasive species, and then the planting of native species. Mm-hmm. So it's really expanded as well, the, the mission. There's a lot of K through 16 type of education that goes on in the schools. And I think that's, you, you talked about the, um, the Seaside July 5th cleanup. And, you know, it's wonderful that there are so many volunteers that go out July 5th, and at the same time, it's heartbreaking that so many have to go out July 5th to clean mm-hmm. up after. So I think the K-16 really plays a big part in educating mm-hmm. the next generation. Yeah, I mean, and that really gets to the heart of the, the part of our mission about building a legacy of stewardship, and that we, the, the hope really is that by educating folks through all of our volunteer projects that we can get to the root of these issues. Um, and so we might not be able to stop the trash from washing ashore from other countries. We can certainly have control over the litter that's being placed here by our uh, our own residents here in Oregon. Um, so that's a big part of every Solve event. Volunteers are going to get education about how litter negatively impacts our environment, how invasive species um, damage our environment, the benefits of native plants and, mm-hmm. and planting native plants in your own yard. Um, so that's kind of a key part of everything we do. Um, and we really work hard to engage as many youth as possible. Um, as I mentioned, we have close to 10,000 um, youth volunteers last year. Wow. Um, and, and that's really, throughout the state. And that's all throughout 
all throughout Oregon. Um, we recently have done some events with Sun schools here in Portland, mm-hmm. after school programs, getting the youth out, picking up trash around their schools, but also doing reflection activities, writing and doing art about what they did that day. Um, and really the, the words that they that come out of their mouth right afterwards, or maybe they weren't excited to pick up trash at the beginning, but towards the end, they're having tons of fun, yeah. not only picking up trash, but they're also, they are ready to tell their fellow students um, that littering is not okay. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's really stuck with me as a kid when I did some litter cleanups. And I think we remember the, the, the owl that telling us not to, uh, not to pollute. Uh, <laughs> so those sort of things that they, um, um, they really stick with us. Yeah. And it's been a very common thing with safety, you know, to talk to kids about stop, drop, and roll and smoke detectors and things like that. And the reason that we do that is that's, you know, it's sometimes easier to get to the kids than to get the, to the adults. Right. So get them while they're young and it sticks with them all throughout their life. And so um, hopefully that's going to create uh, the next generation that will really get to the root of these problems. They become um, stewards of their, mm-hmm. of their environment. After Which is picked- exactly what we're after. And, and it's kind of funny because, you know, sometimes the, the schools require kids to do projects in their neighborhoods during the school day. But last year we had almost 10,000 kids out. The bulk of them come on the weekends um, when because most of our projects are on the weekends. Right. And some of the big projects, I was in Seaside year before last for the Spring Beach cleanup. And here were two buses of school kids who bust in from Portland oh, that's great. and gave up their Saturday and they were having a ball. And, you know, I have a 19-year-old, and I want, and, and she does know, the importance of this. Um, you know, our hope is that someday there won't need to be a solve. Right. Because people will take ownership and be responsible for themselves. But it's up to us to teach those kids so mm-hmm. that they can teach their kids and so on. And so on. Many of the projects, uh, as you mentioned earlier, are started by volunteers, but there are those main activities that Solve is involved in. It's the Beecham Riverside Cleanup, the Historic Cemetery Cleanup Day, where you go out to a number of different cemeteries. Is that throughout the state mm-hmm. on that day? Yeah, so that's a new initiative we've done this year. We did it last year uh, as part of the Beach and Riverside Cleanup, mm-hmm. but this year we kind of had it be its own day, a uh, statewide uh, day of of service to take care of our historic cemeteries. And that's in partnership with the uh, Oregon Parks and Rec uh, Department and their Commission on Historic Cemeteries. Um, and that's really just, uh, you know, cemeteries I think are a special part of Oregon that's a little separate from the natural areas and parks mm-hmm. and neighborhoods that we do, but a key part of that, very yeah. closely related to that. Um, and this is really our history, our heritage here. Um, and there's a lot of these, especially in rural parts of Oregon, but but here in the Portland metro area as well, that just haven't been maintained and taken care of as well and respected the way that they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have committed kind of volunteer leaders and oftentimes in these cemeteries. Um, but they're folks that are maybe getting a little older and they they need a little bit of help. Um, and that's where we kind of stepped in to, to help them get some new new volunteers and new mm-hmm. enthusiasm around cleaning those up. So, yeah, we, this is the first year kind of trying it out. And I think we have close to 15 different projects spread throughout the state. So I know Thanks there's some that. in eastern Oregon, a few in southern Oregon, along the coast. You know, people can check these out and there will be cemeteries that people have never heard of. And uh, some of them are very unique in very unique areas, especially along the coast that, mm-hmm. you know, some of them have beautiful views of the ocean and 
um, just are, are places that we need to take care of. And we're doing it in May on May 12th this year, kind of leading up to Memorial Day mm-hmm. um, to kind of get them cleaned up and, and taken care of for that. Um, and oftentimes they have litter and invasive weeds that if we don't catch them there, they're going to spread to other areas. And that's just another reason to take care of those. And th- that's a unique one because cemeteries, particularly ho- historic cemeteries, are absolutely beautiful. Oh, they are. Uh, and you find yourself wandering them anyway. Yeah. Um, there's the picket up Portland too. Well, yeah, is, I was gonna say Solve is you know our five major programs have yeah. been the Spring Beach cleanup, Solve It for Earth Day, Beach and Riverside cleanup. We do in Oregon Adopt a River, um, in conjunction with the Oregon Marine Board, mm-hmm. and then kind of at any time anywhere Project Oregon. Over the last couple of years, though, we've come up with new projects, typically sponsored projects, mm-hmm. um, but that are really key to our mission. One is the cemeteries. Um, the Pick It Up Portland project started last year, and that was in conjunction with the mayor's office uh, because we all know, I mean, Portland is looking not so good anymore. Yeah. And so we started last year with that. We had 11 sites, 750 people out on a Thursday, and it was great. The television stations came out and, and really gave a lot of exposure to this event. So we're doing that again this year on June 22nd and June 23rd in conjunction with the city and with some sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it all, it all takes money. That's, it does. It does. Yeah. Um, and then we are just launching later this month waterways cleanup with waterway cleanups, I should say, about 25 different cleanups that will be happening around pretty much the Portland metro area. It's in conjunction with Water Environment Services. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, these rivers and creeks and and streams that people go hiking along, unfortunately, you know, there's litter there too. So we're trying new initiatives yeah. because not everybody wants to come out on a Saturday and do right. the same thing. And if we can offer something for everyone, whether it's pulling invasives or planting natives or primarily picking up litter, then that's what we want to do. So yeah, engage we, we them keep in coming up area. with new ideas. <laughs> Absolutely, because if someone's not a beachgoer but they love to hike yep. along the creeks and rivers and what have you, that's a great way to engage them. What is this popped into my head as um, as you were talking about those big projects? But as far as volunteer-driven projects, what are some of the more unique ones that have come out of people's desire to clean up their areas, the communities that they live in? Is there anything that stands out? Hmm. We do have some partnerships with, uh, you know, we have a new partnership with Widmere Brewing um, where they come out and they bring some of their staff and volunteers to come out. Um, it's often fun, especially another fun kind of twist on um, litter cleanups for, especially for adults, is to right. kind of meet either at a bar before or after a litter cleanup to kind of explore a new part of the city. Um, especially we've got lots of new people coming here, yeah. um, moving here for jobs that maybe don't know the city as well. So trying to get those people engaged and do do a litter cleanup, but also do something fun at the same time. Um, we also partner with a lot of companies to get their employees out. So we have a partnership with um, AWS Elemental, a tech company here in Portland, um, and they like to get their new employees out, do a volunteer project with us, um, and then get them exploring the city at the same time. Nice. Um, so that's a, kind of a unique one. Working on doing, you know, it's always fun to do floating cleanup. So we do a lot of things by land. Um, but if we can get folks out there on a, on a kayak or oh. a paddleboard <laughs> maybe um, and getting them cleaning up that way, 
And we've also done a few cleanups like by bike where people can get a little further afield. So yeah, those are some kind of more unique events that we've had recently. And I also noticed on your website, there are hundreds uh, of opportunities where you can put in your city uh, or your zip code, even one particular day or weekend that you have and you want to volunteer. So as Maureen mentioned, there is over 900 events yeah. a year. So there's a lot to choose from. And particularly between April and September when the weather is a little nicer, um, there are a lot of events and things going on. And I think that's what's made Solve successful and what's great about the organization. And it makes it very easy to volunteer. Mm-hmm. So almost all of our events are all ages. Um, I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. And you know I can bring them out to these projects. Um, and we can volunteer as a family. Whereas at some other organizations, there's might be age restrictions or you need to do some training ahead of time. But really, these types of projects, you can kind of show up. If you need to leave early, that's fine. If you have kids, you can bring them bring them along. Um, and so really as a family-friendly, you know, low uh, entry point um, type of activity yeah. that makes it easy to give back and just give a few hours um, when you have time. You know, we're all very busy to, to be able to spend time with your family, get outside and give back to the state. It makes it really easy to volunteer um, right. and gets to the heart of what we're about. You know, lots of times people say, well, Solve is really Portland-centric, and we're truly not. We do outreach all across the state. So if, if, if a community leader says, I want to do a cleanup in you know, Southern Oregon or Eastern Oregon or whatever it is, we can customize our outreach to them by zip code so that really we're highlighting their community. It's not Portland highlighting them. Mm-hmm. It's that community highlighting the work that they're doing which I think sets us apart. Um, we don't want to be the you know, end-all to beat-all and, gee, it's all about us, because it's not. It's all about the volunteers. Without them, we would be nothing. Yeah, and you guys engage, like you said, thousands of volunteers every year in these projects, whether they be one-time projects or, or like the Mount Tabor or the gentleman in West Lynn who's you know, pulling invasive species. They're doing those regularly, but it's even one time. You go out for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and... Yeah, we did an event on Martin Luther King Day, and we were over at a park in east on the east side of Portland, and we honored a guy um, who comes out. He's I don't know how old he is. You should tell the story. Lady. He's a great guy. Yeah, so Bob is uh, Bob. He's um, he won our 2017 Volunteer of the Year award. Um, he pretty much signs up for an event every Saturday, um, and when we have them during the week, he comes out for those as well. He takes public transit to every event that he can. Um, he's in his 80s, but he just keeps trucking. And he really is an inspiration to everyone to kind of keep volunteering and keep giving back. And just his commitment mm-hmm. to coming out again and again. Um, and I think he really inspires the other volunteers that are at the at those projects. Um, so yeah, really, whether people can just come out for one, one time, whether they're like Bob and come out every weekend, or if they're like Steve and can come and lead an event once a month, um, it kind of takes all of us. Yeah. Um, because the you know the environmental problems facing our state are pretty large, um, and there's just so many you know invasive weeds in our natural areas, and litter is a major problem across Oregon, and so it's going to take all of us giving what we can, um, and Solve really provides the framework for people to do that. Well, and you guys are providing the framework for an event that Kink is putting on June yeah. 16th. I know, I'm so happy. Uh, June 16th, paint the town green. It's a one-time event that we're, you know, hoping maybe we can grow it, but we're going to be cleaning up litter in uh, a number of Southeast Portland neighborhoods. And we're pretty excited about it. The neighborhood associations are really happy. It's uh, a number of East uh, Southeast Portland neighborhoods. 
you know, it'd be great to get something like that going again with Kink and Solve, and I know Metro's doing a big part, and the neighborhood associations, and so I, I did see that on on the Solve website as well. But yeah, you guys are really helping us get volunteers uh, together for that, and that's key. So, yeah, that's one of the things that um, re- really does set us apart is the the database that we have yeah. and the ability to do outreach. Um, you know, when the fires were happening in the gorge. We don't claim to be able to do everything that needs to be done, but our offer to this big consortium of organizations was we can house volunteers and then we can help direct to projects that had to do with, you know, working with the Oregon Trail Keepers or working with the Friends of the Gorge or whatever it might be. Um, We have a lot of really strong partnerships. And I love that we're doing something with kink because, I mean, I'm close to the history yep. of solving kinks, so it, it makes my heart happy. I know, <laughs> I know, and I'm excited. It, I, I really, you know, like I said, had a great time with the Solve It cleanups because it was neat to go out as a group, kink family, and that's how I've thought of kink uh, in my years here. It's a kink family going out and doing something like this. So whether it's a work family or a uh, family family uh, to go out and, and do some neighborhood cleanups or do some uh, stream cleanups, cemetery cleanups, that sort of thing is a whole lot of fun. Looking forward into your 50th year and beyond, are there any initiatives that uh, you guys are thinking about or that have been presented to you as uh, possibilities that you're... You mean to expand on the work that we do? Yeah, or new big projects. I don't know that we'll tackle any new big projects. We have been approached by some funders uh, that say, you know, if you'll go out and do this, we'll give you X amount of money. And to be honest with you, that happened years ago, I think with most nonprofits, that the economy was terrible, and so people started chasing the money. We really want to stay true to our core mission. Mm -hmm. Um, So will we have additional initiatives like, the Pick It Up Portlands and the Out of Office and Into Nature with the businesses or um, the cemetery cleanups or the waterway cleanups. I think we'll continue to do those kinds of things. But we really, our strategic plan is calling for making sure that that we are truly statewide and that we can prove that um, by showing X number of projects around nearly every county in the state. And then the other piece of it is the 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 training and the legacy and you know we don't want to lose sight of that so i think we'll have new initiatives i don't know that we'll go too far off course though of mm-hmm. litter cleanups invasive pulls and native plantings right because i think it diminishes sort of what what we stand for and what we are and what's important to us and the ability for volunteers to do those things on their own mhm does that, do you agree mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, just that we're also working to include, you know, we want to make sure all Oregonians are included. So not only statewide, but working on our diversity, equity, and inclusion um, initiatives, since that's really a key strategy of our new strategic plan for the next three years. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that everybody in the state feels like they can come out and volunteer with us and that we make it easy for them and it connects with the things that they care about. Um, and then that we're leading projects that are needed, that are um, what is of, of uh, high need in different communities around Portland. So we're really going to be working over the next um, three years to um, engage different community groups and organizations and continue to build partnerships um, to make sure that everyone feels included and that as many Oregonians as possible are excited and engaged in this work. Yeah. 
because yeah, it takes the diversity piece is really important because yeah. you know there are cultural groups of folks that we you know we're not a part of their culture mm-hmm. so what we need to be able to do is find out what their needs are and what we can provide for them we do small grants so you know if, if there's any group out there that needs extra supplies um especially further you know outside of portland we will give $100 grants so that they can buy some of those things that they need that we might not be able to ship to them or don't have on hand yeah. to litter grabbers, that kind of thing. We'll need quite a bit of those on June 16th. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both, Maureen and Quentin, for coming in today. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for this partnership on June 16th and keep our fingers crossed that we can grow this and continue each year. But thank you for coming into the studio. Thank you for having us, and congratulations on 50 years. That's really tremendous. Thank you for joining me for my conversation with Maureen Fisher and Quinton Bauer from Solve. If you've missed any of the previous podcasts, you can find them at our website at kink.fm. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Portland 50 podcast wherever you're listening. The Portland 50 is a podcast series celebrating Kink's 50th anniversary, and it's about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950.